Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 943 of the Juicebox Podcast. On today's episode of the Juicebox Podcast, I'll be speaking with Nancy. Nancy's the mother of three. One of her children has type 1 diabetes. The others have other issues that we'll talk about briefly. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Don't forget to check out the private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. There's over 40,000 members and a conversation is happening right now that you may be very interested in. You can get five free travel packs and a year supply of vitamin D when you go to my link, athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. That's right. Start with AG1 today and get those five free travel packs and a year supply of vitamin D at my link, athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. And you can save 35% off your entire order at cozyearth.com. Just use the offer code juice box at checkout. Bath towels. Bedding, clothing, Cozy Earth has it all. The podcast is sponsored today by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service and is 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. BetterHelp.com forward slash juice box. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. And when you use my link, you'll save 10% on your first month of therapy. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. Talk to them however you feel comfortable, text, chat, phone, or video call. If your therapist isn't the right fit, for any reason at all, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. And the best part for me is that with BetterHelp, You get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you. And you're going to get more scheduling flexibility and a more affordable price. BetterHelp.com forward slash juice box. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash juice box. Save 10% on your first month of therapy. I feel like I'm meeting a celebrity. Oh, well, you obviously are. (laughs) Yeah. You're not meeting a person who just went downstairs and had to mop up dog urine because <laughs> because his dog's 15 years old and doesn't know when to give up. Um, yeah, that's not what's happening here at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, you just, you're not talking to a guy who was just in his kid's room shaking or going, you said to get you up. You said to get yeah, you up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm famous. <laughs> yes. Well, see, this year I get to talk to you. Last year I got to meet Dr. Stephen Ponder. Did you really? Oh, that's lovely. Yes, yes. Are, are, were you in Texas or was it somewhere else? No, he actually came and spoke to a group in my area. I live in Georgia. Okay. Um, my endocrinologist, Dr. Hutchins, is in Macon, Georgia, which is about middle of the state. Mm-hmm. And she did some um, just sort of a family day with some vendors. And he came and he was our speaker and had some activities for the kids and things like that. And he was there. So. Oh, that's lovely. Jessica, right? Yes. Love Dr. Hutchins. Yeah, she's wonderful. Um, Okay. Well, I, apparently my children live on either side of that. Yes. Yes. I kind of suspected, I know that you, I didn't feel like in any of the podcast or any of your posts, you were real specific, but I kind of guessed that your daughter was kind of in my vicinity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm supposed to say that she's in Connecticut. So, oh, okay. Think, so, or Chicago or something. That's it's pretty is. hot in Connecticut this time of year. That's where she is. <laughs> Chicago. Um, uh, but my son is in Atlanta, but he's, oh. he's trying to get out pretty quickly. So, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, my town is, a, we're almost the southernmost town in Georgia. So I'm about an hour north of Tallahassee, Florida. Oh, wow. Oh, that's so funny. I'm all the way at the bottom of the state. Yeah. So, um, which is geographically challenging with a type one diabetic because they're rare in big towns. So especially in rural 
Georgia. Harder to find uh, somebody. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the nearest is Tallahassee, Jacksonville, Savannah, Macon, Atlanta. So, And are they great once you get there? Dr. Hutchins is. Yeah, I know she is. But what The about previous the one that we used, not so much. And unfortunately, I spent way too much time with her. Oh, yeah, that can definitely happen. Well, speaking yeah. of time, I have perfected the Georgia to New Jersey 14-hour drive. So. Oh, my gosh. Ugh, that <laughs> sounds gross. <laughs> it's horrible. It has moments where it's worse. Um, to name those moments, South Carolina. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Savannah's a really neat place. Uh, that was part of mine and my husband's honeymoon. We did Jekyll Island, stayed at the Jekyll Island Club, then went to Savannah and Charleston. Oh, that's lovely. You know, so Arden was there for a year and we were picking her up. We're, by the way, we're recording, Nancy. Is that okay? With okay, you? Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, we were um, picking her up at the end of her first year and um, like helping her. Like we actually went and visited our son and then we went to get her and helped her bring, like put stuff in storage. And like it was her first time and everything. So mm-hmm. We went to help her out. Um, and Arden has a car at school. So Kelly says to me, I know this is hokey, but let's take like a trolley tour of Savannah. And yes. I, and I was like, okay. So Arden's making fun of us. She goes, those tour people just stare at us, you know? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, well, I won't stare at you. I already know who you are. And we're on yeah. the trolley tour and Arden's got one more class, one more class to go. And my phone rings and I'm on the tour, but it's Arden. So I pick it up and she is pretty hysterically crying. Huh. And she's going, Dad, Dad, a man, a man, Dad, a man hit me. Oh, no. Like, and I'm like, wait, a man hit you? I'm like, wait, what's happening? You know? <laughs> and she's really upset. Arden's not like real flappable. So I was like, yeah. what, what's going on here? Um, and now I'm worried that someone's like, like physically attacked her. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I'm like, calm down. I'm like, what, what's happening? And she's like, I was stopped at a red light and a guy on a motorized bicycle hit me. Oh. And I'm like, okay and i'm like are you all right yeah and i'm like is he all right she goes i think so he stood up and yelled at me for a while and then ran away (laughs) and um i'm like wait what happened like so i'm like calm down i'm like if you're you know like you're off the road she's like i pulled over and i'm like okay and i hear talking to somebody but i don't get a lot of context for that Mm -hmm. in in the call anyway um so she says you know there was this guy on this old busted up like bike that was motorized and he was driving really slow. So like a block or so back, she went around him. She stopped mm-hmm. at, She stopped at a light and was stopped at the light for a bit and looked in her mirror and thought, well, he's coming at me quickly. And then she kept looking and thinking, oh, my God, he's going to hit me. And she's huh. like, I tried to just like, should I like pull out into the intersection, like swerve? She's like, yeah. I was at a red light. There were cars next to me. I couldn't really do anything. And he kind of veers at the last second and catches the back left corner of her car but what had her so upset was that he flew through the air past oh. her, past her driver's window, and I yeah. think I think that was it. Like the the yeah. human body flinging yeah, thing made her really upset. Yeah. So yeah. she gets out. She's like, "Are you okay?" And he starts yelling at her. Yeah. And she's like, "Wait, what? Why are you yelling at me? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, what happened just now?" And he goes, "You can't do that." And she goes, "What?" And he goes, "Stop." At like a yellow light. And she goes, you're supposed to. Yeah. And he goes, well, you have to know the brakes on my bike don't work that quickly. Well, how are you supposed to know that? I don't know. That's what she wondered. <laughs> so then they start yelling at each other like a little bit. And then he just gets flustered. And she's like, are yeah. you okay? Like, let's make sure you're okay first. And and he gets flustered, picks the bike up, throws it down a hill on the side of the road off an embankment. <laughs> and runs away into the city. <laughs> so she pulls over to talk to me. And later she says to me, I pull over. And she goes, Dad, like, if you want to know what it's like to be a pretty girl. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> he goes, she goes, I pull over. And I, I'm very upset. I'm, I have a person in my car with me who I don't know that well. I'm just taking, mm-hmm. taking her to class. Mm-hmm. She's like, and I call you because I know you're here. And as I'm getting you on the phone, she goes, an honest-to-God crackhead comes up to me <laughs> and goes, hey, you from New Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, 
not now, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, so he's he's like he's hitting on her in a parking yeah. lot. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of panhandlers in Savannah, and uh, we call them the woohoo girls, all the girls uh, there. (laughs) Because you yell woohoo at them? Woohoo, Okay, or they're yelling woohoo as they're drunk in the street. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, she's like, and then I just calmed her down, and then I I, I pulled my parenting hat on, and I was like, listen, you're okay, the car is okay, I'm like, you have a class to go to. It's your last class. You're presenting your project. You need to pull yourself together and go to that class. Yeah. And I was like, and when you come out, I promise I'll be standing in the parking lot. Yeah. And so I just, you know, a couple hours later, made sure I was there when she came out and she told us the whole story. She was laughing. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, visit Savannah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we used to go almost every year, like whether it was for our anniversary or Valentine's Day or special trip or whatever. We haven't been in a while. The drive from my town to Savannah while it's not 14 hours, it's long, boring, nothing to look at all yeah, the way there. Yeah. So it's kind of a yeah boring I, drive. I'm just going to tell you that 18 months ago, I had only ever been to Atlanta or, or to Georgia once in my entire life, maybe twice. And now I feel like I live there. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a, anyway, it's a, I don't know, it's a nice area, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my son does not like Atlanta. <laughs> I could understand that. Uh, My son interned at Atlanta Athletic Club. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess it's been three summers ago in the Johns Creek area, lived up there. And his fiance, because he, they offered him a job after graduation. And his fiance was like, "Uh -uh, I don't want to live in Atlanta. No, thank you. I'm not usually a person to talk like this because I live in the Northeast and I love driving fast and recklessly at times. Um, Mm -hmm. But Atlanta, driving in Atlanta is a, yeah. Yeah. It's a sport. Mm-hmm. Contact sport sometimes. I, I've seen <laughs> two hit and runs and I yeah. I've only been to Atlanta three times. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, okay. So Nancy, we already know you're Nancy. Yes. Um, you are the parent of a type one or you have type one yourself? Parent. I'm a parent of a type one. Tell me Elena. About, yeah. Tell me about Elena, please. So Elena's birthday, ironically, is today. Happy birthday, Elena. She turned 17. Oh, congratulations. Um, we just celebrated her 10 year anniversary. She was six when she was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess diagnosis story, how we figured it out. Well, uh, or just about her. I like how you're going, Nancy. I like how you're thinking in a big round picture. Let's, <laughs> let's start with, are there any other autoimmune issues in your family? Yes. So my oldest son who will be 23 in a, a few months, two years ago was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Mm-hmm. My grandfather, my paternal grandfather had celiac mm-hmm. disease. Um, both my dad and his dad, paternal grandfather. Uh, I know my dad has type two. I've always been told my grandfather had type two. He was insulin dependent before he passed. And I've often wondered with him having celiac, was oh. it a misdiagnosis or just, you know. Was it a late in life diagnosis? Celiac was, yes. But his diabetes that required insulin was longer? The requirement of insulin didn't happen until later. Mm-hmm. So it could have just been, I guess, the progression of type two. Uh, was my dad nor my grandfather are overweight big people as a stereotype we talk about a lot as parents but um i just remember as a child seeing him with the syringes and some insulin um not knowing yeah blast to the future that that would you know be us but um so type two he had celiac there's been a few times that I've wondered if my middle child, my other son had some gluten issues, but we've t- uh, not done like true tests, but sort of tried to eliminate diet and stuff. But um, yes, my oldest has Crohn's. Okay. Well, yeah, that's a pretty rich uh, history of, of issues, I would say. Yeah. And um, yeah, I always laugh and tease that my husband and I just created these great medical anomalies. Our oldest has Crohn's. Our middle son, who's 20, has epilepsy. My daughter, who's the youngest, 17, has diabetes, and she has 
seizure disorder as well. Oh, no kidding. How's your dog? <laughs> My dog? <laughs> Is he okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if maybe you guys were like the epicenter of something. Yeah, I um, know. Whenever... Uh, David and Elena started having seizures. My mom was like, there's something at your house. You can't go back to your house. There's something going on there. Um, Cause ironically, when their seizures started, it was days apart. So it, we, we both, yeah, I can hmm. see how we thought it was environmental, but Elena has not had a seizure in over two years. Well, what it was is- never, in my opinion, diabetic related. She had on a Dexcom. I could always see her blood sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, no testing has ever told us anything about her seizures. We've done MRIs, CTs, the, um, was it EEGs? That's the brain. I always get that, but worn monitors, we've done, uh, DNA testing. David's, they can diagnose and see right where it's happening on the brain. Hers, not so much. So it's been over two years. And one of her last appointments, they are discussing weaning her off her seizure meds. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe it was they call them psychosomatic, not that she's faking them, but there's no phys- physical or physiological, I don't know what the right word would be, reason that they can see why she's having her seizures. Yeah, um, so uh, David went through a lot his junior and senior year of high school and has a lot of mental health struggles mm-hmm. with the seizures. And so we're holding off until she finishes her senior year to titrate her off the seizure meds, because I don't want her to miss out on sure. senior year. If stuff starts happening and are there side effects of the medication? Yes. Uh, Elena thankfully has never experienced any side effects that I know of. Uh, David. Yes. We've had to change a few times. He had what they call kept rage from Kepra um, gives you rage issues. Um, some of his medicines have caused weight gain uh, and just the disease itself and the side effects from some of the seizure meds is a terrible tornado of mental health mm. grossness. So, um, wow, that's a lot. Nancy, yeah. how, how old are you? I am 48. Wow. Okay. Uh, your daughter's diagnosed at, did you say six? Six at six. Mm-hmm. And how does that come about? So, uh, we just, uh, I can't remember how long we'd had our camper. We were tent campers as young married couple, and then started having our kids. We went on a few tent camping adventures, and then we eventually got us a little camper. So, um, met my parents at a campground for the weekend to camp the weekend, uh, Elena had had her field day on Friday. And then when school's out, we drove over and went to the campground and noticed that she was going to the bathroom a lot. She was thirsty a lot, but I was like, well, maybe it's just because we're in the camper and maybe it's just because I'm having to walk her all the way to the bathhouse. And I'm just, I'm more aware of it because we're not at home and she, you know, I'm I'm more involved in her bathroom visits. Uh, and then by the second day, like she'd ride her bike, she'd go down to my mom's camper, which is not very far away. We're in state park, thirsty, having used the bathroom again, back at ours, thirsty, having used the bathroom again. And my mom and I sat around the campfire when my brother was younger. One of his friends was diagnosed with type one, mm-hmm. very similar symptoms to Elena. And my mom said, you know what this sounds like? And I was like, uh, yeah, I was like, but no. Well, with my dad being type two, I was like, well, does he have his meter with him? We can prick. Well, he didn't. My uncle was there. He didn't have a, nobody had a meter. I couldn't prick her finger. So we were just there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, came back home Sunday. And at that time we lived in middle Georgia and I was a pair pro in a kindergarten class. My kindergarten teacher in my class used to be a nurse and went back and got her master's in education. So I called her and I was telling her the symptoms and uh, she was like, let's just hope it's a UTI. I was like, yeah, but a UTI, you don't go to the bathroom. You just feel like you need to go to the bathroom. She's going to the bathroom. Yeah. So we got to school Monday morning and I asked the school nurse, I said, can you just dip her urine and see if she has a UTI? And so she dipped her urine and the glucose part on the strip turned colors. So she pricked her finger And she was 365. Mm. 
And uh, she's like, you need to call your pediatrician. I was like, okay. So I went out to the commons area of the school and I was calling the pediatrician. I was on hold, telling him the symptoms on hold. Wait. And she started getting nauseous and her stomach started bothering her and everything. And that's when um, the doctor told me, like, you just need to hang up and go to the ER. Mm-hmm. Well, even though I'm rural where I live now, I was very, I mean, I was an hour away from pretty much any hospital, 45 minutes to an hour. Um, but all of my coworkers, I mean, the principal at the school immediately was like, what do we have to do? She's going and gathering somebody to drive me to the ER. They're getting my purse. They're getting Elena's things. And the next thing I know, the teacher that I work with is driving us to the ER in my car and I'm in the back seat with Elena and she's just reassuring me the whole way there. Um, this is going to be fine. You're, you know, you're super intelligent. If um, any parent can handle this disease, it's you. God knew what he was doing whenever he gave Elena you as a parent to manage this disease. You're going to be fine. So that was the pep talk I got all the way there. Me, I'm just like, what are you talking about? I have no idea what I'm going into. So we went to the hospital where her pediatrician uh, is, and it's a smaller hospital. And then they have a I I would call it like a sister or like a cousin hospital. They're not affiliated, but a bigger hospital nearby that he also has. uh, He can see patients. Yeah. yeah. So we went to the first smaller one because it was the closest. And um, I went to the window and I said, I'm here with my daughter. She's um, starting to feel nauseous. I think she has diabetes. I need to have somebody look at her. She's like, I can't admit you to the ER just because you think she has diabetes. I'm going to need you to tell me something else. Uh, okay. I once saw Bigfoot while I was camping. I was like, can what we else? get going, please? She's like, that's just not something I can. I'm like, okay. She's nauseous. She's throwing up. She doesn't feel. That's what got us in the ER. Not, I'm scared that we have type 1 diabetes, which is very dangerous. Now I know that 10 years later. It was, she's throwing up. Nancy, that's what. What's the tree to human ratio where you were? The what? The tree to human ratio. <laughs> There's lots of trees. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out what I'm talking about here. So you had to drive an hour to get to some place where nobody knew what they were talking about. Well, once the pediatrician that called him from his office and he came over, um, and my husband still talks about this. I don't know if it was a student or a medical student or a nurse or whatever, Oh, I mean, our heads are spinning. We have no idea. We didn't know anybody with type one diabetes. I didn't know what I was getting into. She just came up to us and she said, I just feel really sorry for you. And walked out of the room. And I was like, what? Wait, this is a student nurse. It was either a nurse or a student doctor, someone on the medical staff. It was not just a random person in the hallway. It was actually hospital medical staff. And that's nobody has yet even said, this is the diagnosis. This is what's going on. Mm hmm. And can I, can I say something? Mm-hmm. You've motivated me. Hold on a second. Okay. Like we've ever done this before. I want everybody listening to picture 30 people that they know and then tell yourself, like go through them and tell me how many of them are really, really bright people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and let's keep that in mind while we're discussing how all the things you go to get your tires changed. You need new mm-hmm. tires. And the person you're talking to, you're thinking like, oh, God, I'm like, I'm afraid to let them touch my car. Or, <laughs> and, but, but, you know, there's, a, there's one person at the tire place. Like, you've been there before. You're like, you know, there's one there that knows what they're doing. But where, where is he? And you're looking mm-hmm. around. And you don't see him. You're, you're talking to this one instead. And you're like, oh, no, 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 no. They're definitely going to mess my car up. Or when you're in a clothing store. And the person helping you seems to be staring at a wall or you're yeah. in a hospital and someone says something to you like that. Like, yeah. I, I think we all need to stop being so surprised by this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all. And I'm not saying I'm brilliant. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that there are people out there. Who, I just think there are, there are levels of understanding. People, people, you know, have different levels of, of understanding. Have you ever noticed when you talk to somebody that you can't go sometimes more than like three thoughts deep before you yeah. lose them, right? Yeah, like they- and, and I tell a lot of people through the last 10 years with diabetes, 
before that diagnosis, I held medical people and I apologize to anybody in the medical community that's listening. I used to hold them at a higher regard than I do now. Um, I absolutely go into a medical situation, especially at an ER Mm -hmm. or a non-endocrinology environment. I go into the environment with the assumption that everyone in there is ignorant of diabetes and I'm the smartest person in the room with about diabetes. And you're not going to tell me what is right and wrong to do. I'm the boss of diabetes until someone just proves shut that, up yeah. and let me manage it until someone proves otherwise. Like if you exactly. get, if you get because so far 99% of our experiences at a hospital or that type of environment, that's non endocrine, mm-hmm. They're ignorant. And I'm using that word not in a derogatory way in the they're uneducated. Oh, Nancy, I want to say something. And I mean this like sincerely. I know and love people who are not like people who can think two or three steps into a problem. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying I'm not saying there's anything wrong with you if that's how your mind works or Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you're better if you can think six levels deep into a problem. I'm, I, I genuinely, genuinely don't think that. I think people are lovely. Like in, yes. You know, yeah. But there's a lot of jobs to fill. Yeah. And very often they get filled by people who in an idyllic situation wouldn't hold that job. And then you don't know who's who because you're in the tire store. And your, yeah. assu- your assumption is, well, everyone here must right. know about wheels and tires, right? Uh-huh. Like, But uh-huh. that's not always the case. Right. Yeah. Well, just like. So whenever we got transferred to the larger hospital um, and our pediatrician was still caring for us, one of the things, uh, another just so like blew my mind, they're pricking her finger. We were there for like six or seven days, uh, staying in for obviously getting our blood sugar regulated, but they let us stay for education, um, kept us admitted to the hospital for that. And one nurse that was our nurse for the evening when she'd come in to prick her finger to check her blood sugar, she'd put a bandaid on her finger. I'm like, stop putting a bandaid on her finger. Like she's going to have band-aids all over. Stop. And she would keep putting the band-aids on her finger. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, don't you didn't draw blood. You just pricked her finger. Like, if she goes through life, putting a bandaid on her fingertip, every time she's testing her blood sugar, she'd be covered in ridiculous. Yeah. I am not bashful. Again, I forgive any, I, I, I forgive my attitude. Please I apologize for my attitude. I have fired doctors and I have fired nurses in the midst of medical care. I have told nurses to leave our room. I have told doctors that I do not um, trust their medical judgment and that I do not want to see them anymore. I have told nurses and doctors, I don't think you know how to care for this. I want someone higher than you. I want someone. So I call my endocrinologist, call somebody else. Elena, several years ago, broke her leg and we had to have surgery for it. And in the ER, that's all I kept panicking about. I'm like, you're not even checking her blood sugar. And she didn't have a Dexcom at the time. So it had to be a finger prick. Um, I, I understand you're going to take care of a broken leg. But what about what? Well, the last time I checked it was when we were flying here in the car and I checked her blood sugar to see where she was. Um, when she was in recovery, her primary care doctor called, well, they were giving him the update and everything. And they came to the door in the waiting room. They're like, the doctor wants to talk to you on the phone. Uh, okay. And I picked up the phone and he said, I understand you're a little nervous about the diabetes care. And I said, I'm very nervous. I mean, nobody's even paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. He said, how about I write in the records that you make all diabetes decisions and they can't do anything without your okay? I said, that would be perfect. And that's what we did for that hospital stay. I want to say, too, this is not me being like a geography snob. I've Mm -hmm. been in. I don't want to say where because they're lovely people, but (laughs) I've been in some of in a really prestigious medical institution. Okay. Where I'm pretty sure that if I would have listened to those people, Arden would have been lucky to have an 8A1C. Yeah. And they are shiny and smart and have mm-hmm. degrees from places you would be impressed by. Mm-hmm. And still, that was it. Like, I'm not yep. saying it's because it's in Georgia. I know I joked earlier about the tree to people ratio. Right, but right. I was really just looking for a title for the episode. And, um, <laughs> and uh, but, but, uh, 
but seriously, like in any place, in any time, and, and listen, you can go through, I mean, you look at all the trouble we seem to have sometimes with policing. Yeah. And and yet I know police officers that are just salt of the earth people who do yeah. a really great job all day long. And I know we get right. focused on the people who don't do a good job right. more right. than not. And there's reason for that. Obviously, it's important. But if you can get into, and those are the positions, you said it earlier, right? Like you held people in the medical field in very high, high regard, but really for no reason. Just because- I mean, they're human just like me. Exactly. But you just assumed, well, they went to more schooling than I did. Yep. They do a hard thing I don't understand, and yes. so they must be smarter than me. But if you're just a general practitioner, if you're just a general ER staff nurse, yeah, I mean, you can do trauma and stuff like that, but uh, I mean, when's the last time you counted carbs? When's the last time you did uh, you know, a corrective factor for insulin? When's the last time? Eye doctors, I know that they're not super medical, but uh, eye doctor years and years ago, she was getting her eyes checked and he said, has she checked her blood sugar today? Oh, that happens like, constantly huh? to people. I'm like, huh? Yeah. Like, of course she did. Right. Well, what was her uh, blood sugar when she checked it? I, th- I posted this and I think you mentioned it in another podcast or I don't know if it was Jenny or somebody uh, y'all are talking about my comment. I was like, which blood sugar testing do you want? The one just before we walked in here, the one on the way here, the one at lunch, the one after her snack, the one this morning, which I mean, she's on a Dexcom. How, um, yeah, we check her blood sugar. If we didn't, we might make a terrible decision and she would die. Let me, now I'm going to stick up for the other side. This is my favorite part about talking. Um, I love taking all sides of ideas. (laughs) You said something earlier that completely explains why an eye doctor who's Who's really just trying to say, are you pay- I see you have diabetes. I don't really know anything about it. I hope you're paying attention to it because diabetic retinopathy. Right. Like that's right. what's in their head, right? Right. And, and why why is that something? So first of all, we can't expect the eye doctor to understand type one diabetes that well. Correct. And you went camping with two people who had diabetes mm-hmm. who didn't even bring a meter with them. Yes, that's true. That's right? true. So you're now making have already previously made the point of the physicians who are just like saying things like, hey, you check your blood sugar once in a while, right? Right. right? And so you get put in this type one world where it's, uh, and being honest, if people manage, if a person's managing their type two diabetes properly, they'd have as much knowledge of diabetes as you do as a person with type, like managing a type right. one person. Right, right. Um, where, where that falls short is there are a lot more people like your, you know, your family who like went into the woods and was like, diabetes, not while I'm camping. And you, know, <laughs> and you don't have that luxury because, you know, she has type one, not type two. Um, I will say that for my dad, since Elena's diagnosis and as he's gotten older, I think, but I, I don't know, I'm going to guess. And I have no idea if my parents will listen to this podcast, but I want to guess that having the experience of what we pay attention to, he's always been, I mean, a fairly healthy eater. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he pays attention a little bit more to, well, what was my A1C and what can I do better at, you know, before my next checkup? And he does monitor his blood sugar a little more frequently than the camping trip era. So I don't know if it kind of opened his eyes to, and and we'll talk sometimes, like even though they're different, but um, you know, so I think it's made him more aware of if he is more in tune with his than possibly he'd have better results. I think that's completely common, right? Somebody just shows you the things like, I don't think people are, nobody's uh, most people. There we go. I don't believe I don't believe that most people are willfully ignorant of things. Right. Right. I think that your, you know, father's doing what he thought he was supposed to be doing. And type two doesn't kill you quickly. So it's hard mm-hmm. to know why it would be important. I'm up, I'm alive, I'm doing my right. stuff. Like I, I have type two diabetes, but I'm okay. Yeah. Nope. It's it's because I just don't think that people in general understand. Yeah. Their their bodies in in many different ways, yeah. Like, like so, to tell them like you know your blood sugar is higher, it's not good for you. So we want to keep it lower. Is not 
it's not the full picture. Mm-hmm. The, the full picture is if you have diabetes, I don't care what kind it is, and you're not managing it in a way that your body can deal with, you will eventually die of something related to those high blood sugars. Right. It might, the- you know, it might say heart attack. It might say seizure. It might right. say stroke. It might say all kinds of things on your death certificate. But right. in, in general, it's going to be because the level of sugar in your blood was too high for too long. Right. You know, um, and, and just the same as you see, I mean, my favorite example is people smoke their whole lives and they'll always be like, doesn't, it's not getting me. Like, I don't know what they're talking about. I'm fine. And then eventually they die of uh, respiratory heart failure, which yeah. is uh, directly from their, their smoking. But there's also people who won't get up and exercise who eventually will die of not doing that. And, on, yeah. and or eating like food's such a great example. You and I can go out now to a fast food restaurant and eat it. Yeah. And eventually that fast food will come out the other side of us and we'll be like, wow, we have completed the cycle and everything <laughs> is fine. Uh, but it's not really fine because you have slightly degraded the your body by doing that. Now, yeah. not enough to die in the moment, right? It's not poison. You don't like you don't eat the whatever you just bought and your just body just goes eh, and shuts off. But if you think of yourself as being at 100 the day you're born, you know, on day 3000, when you have a chicken nugget that was made in oil that's probably not chicken, your number moves down a slightly little bit. Might not even be a full point, but you are taking away from your body's ability to stay alive. Yeah. Right? And and life is already trying to do that. So not a lot of reasons to help it is what I'm saying. That's all. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a hypocrite like everybody else. I'm not. Gonna, oh, yeah. You know, we, yeah, we all. Yeah. But I'm not and I'm not saying like I'm not saying it to paint out a picture that if y'all would just be. I just said y'all. I've only been talking to you for 30 <laughs> You've only been minutes. talking to me a little bit and I've already Jesus. turned you to a southerner. <laughs> I'm about to I'm about to find a banjo. Um, so, <laughs> um, but uh, but but I'm not saying that saying like you need to be perfect or you're going to die. I'm saying you need to understand the impacts of the things you're doing. Right. That's pretty much it. That's all. And I think the disease of diabetes forces you to think about those 100%. things. Yeah, it speeds, uh, it speeds you know, up your understanding. Yeah, just so. But and for type one, my not my initial goal. I mean, I had some mentors reach out to me whenever Elena was diagnosed. And I was like, I don't want to talk to anybody. But eventually I did and connected with some other moms and support groups, local support groups and online support groups and things like that. And when I met Dr. Hutchins, she's the one that introduced me to the Juice Spots podcast and listened to that. But my goal for wherever I am, wherever Elena's participating, has always been to be a voice and an advocate. Our school system has some great nurses. We have a great nurse coordinator. I've never been disappointed with Elena's care at school. Mm -hmm. I've never been scared or nervous. Um, When she was diagnosed, we were in the middle of relocating. So we were relocating from middle Georgia to South Georgia. Where we live now is where I grew up. It's my hometown. We were moving back here after I'd been gone for 20 years. But where I lived, we had been there for a while. I knew the school nurse personally. I knew all the teachers. And I'm fixing to be thrown into a new school system that I know no one. Sure, I might bump into somebody I went to high school with, but I haven't talked to them in 15 or 20 years. I was going and I, I panicked. I was like, I should homeschool her. I'm not going to send her to school. I don't know these people. I did not do that. She went to school. But my goal has always been to be an advocate and to be a, a voice for diabetes wherever we go, whether it's school or extracurricular or family or friends or wherever, because the more everyone knows that's around her, the better people are going to care for her if something happens. The more that people know, the more educated I educate two or three people, you educate two or three people, then they educate three or four people and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of those stigmas and the the misunderstandings or um, sh- just all of our type one kids can have a better quality of life socially if more people understand what 
this disease is. Yeah, you're putting up those little signs around the world that when you see them, you think, why is this necessary? But mm -hmm. at one point, it was. I saw a sign once on a um, an overlook with like a little bit of water below it, and it just said, don't jump, will cause death. And I was like, wow, they had to put a sign here to stop yeah. people from jumping off of this. Like, yeah. who they weren't trying to kill themselves. They were like, you could jump off this and live. Right. This <laughs> and, just it, and it happened enough times that somebody in power was like, I have to educate people that they can't jump from here. And yeah. so when that, when that needs to be done, like, this is, I mean, you're doing a good thing. You're just out there. I think of it as like being Johnny Appleseed. Like you just, you, you leave yeah. a little information behind and hopefully a tree grows. And, yeah. you know, you don't stay to watch the tree grow. You just go on. Right. And, you know, hopefully, right. hopefully this happens. It's a, and well, I've, yeah. I've been excited to watch Elena grow into it because when she was young, she didn't want people to see her prick her finger. She didn't want people to see her giving her shots and stuff like that. And fast forward to the last several years. She's become her own voice, her own advocate. Um, now, she's not one that gets super butt hurt over diabetes jokes. There's a few that she's like, come on, guys, mm -hmm. come on. But she's not too bashful that if a teacher or an adult around her says something, she's like, come on, guys. You know, that's not true. Yeah. I, I didn't eat a lot of shit. Like, you know, I didn't do. She'll correct them politely. So she's, and there's been a few times that her and the school nurse maybe didn't see eye to eye. Cause I know school nurses manage it a little bit differently than we would at home. They're more cautious. I get that. Um, but as she was finding her voice and, you know, if a nurse is like, Oh, you're 85, you need to correct. She's like, correct. Why would I treat at 85? Like that, that's a great number. I'm going to, she's learned to have her voice. Um, I'm super proud of her. She loves showing off her devices. A couple of years ago, she started modeling for a local formal wear shop. Um, and she's purposefully tried to have her pod or Dexcom exposed when she's modeling nice. so that she's an advocate for other teens. And she's even said some adults that don't want to show their devices. Um, she has a little Instagram that she posts every once in a while. She's not like the super influencer or anything, but every once in a while, Omnipod has, she just did what we tease as a media blitz for her diversity with Omnipod. And she was interviewed by a local TV station and several newspapers oh, and they did great. articles about her. So she's much more outspoken and willing to, somebody comes up to her and says, what's that on your arm? She's like, oh, well, let me tell you about it. And Blah, blah, blah. Can so. I can I tell you what Arden just shared with me? What? She was meeting. So all of her girlfriends are home, right? Mm -hmm. But they all went to different colleges, obviously. Mm -hmm. But they're back now for the summer. And she was in a scenario like on a big video call with a bunch of uh, friends from one of her one of her friends' colleges. Mm -hmm. And they all sort of know each other because they talk about each other and you know, but they don't really. And Arden's like talking. She's on camera <clears throat> to the bunch of this big group. And someone says, not with any sense of irony, they weren't joking and they mm -hmm. weren't being cruel. Like they just, they, they said the thing out loud that they thought was right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Saw her pod on her arm mm -hmm. and said, hey, what's that on your arm? Is that for autism? Well, I've never heard that one. And, and Arden goes, what? And, and, he, and the I didn't know that you could wear a pod for autism. Well, I, I don't think you can is the point. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not a I'm not a what you would call like a an absolute person who knows everything about autism. But I'm going to yeah. just go out on a limb and say, yeah, the, the kid was probably not pretty wrong. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Um, but Arden didn't like she, she goes, no, she's like, I, I have diabetes and this is right. where I get my insulin from. Right. And then all the other kids kind of made fun of the kid. Like, what are you talking right. about? Yeah. Like, you know, but, but honest, like honest statement that that kid. Alina's uh, been asked if it was a nicotine patch. That even makes a little sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it a birth control patch? Interesting. Um, sometimes little kids, you know, and she says it's difficult with younger kids because, you know, how detailed do you get? How vague are you? She teases sometimes that she's a robot and that's part of the parts of her robot. And she has, we're, we're Apple people. So with the Omnipod five, we have to have the separate controller. 
Um, and people ask why she has two phones and she, she has all these scenarios. She's like, Oh, I'm a spy. And that's my contact phone. That's how they contact me. Or, Oh, that's my business line. That's how, so (laughs) she, she has fun with it sometimes. So I'm glad that she's from the beginning from diagnosis, we've always respected the disease, but we have never, ever made it a big scary monster to her yeah Yeah, Arden didn't make a big deal out of it she explained and then they moved moved on and she didn't break the kids balls over it right right and that's sort of how Elena handles it and um she can have fun with it and not be totally offended and aghast excellent that you know yeah so I'm glad that she's old enough now and embraces that and understands just like I know there's a ton of memes out there that say this but the day before Elena was diagnosed, I didn't know either. So why should I assume that everybody else does? Yeah, it's a so. weird thing to uh, put on somebody. There's, uh, I say all the time, there's plenty of medical issues I don't understand. I wouldn't, you know, and I wouldn't be mad at somebody for not understanding my life. It's, right. It, it's, right. It's when it becomes like that feeling like you had with the broken leg. Like, well, your ignorance is going to cause me a real problem. That's when it, the panic kind of sets in. You're like, right. I need you yeah. to understand this right yeah. now. But that I will... I will say they took care of her. We we did fine. Yeah. We managed well. They let me count carbs and calculate well, dosing yeah, you, and everything. You, you so, found yeah. the guy who understood the wheels and the tires, and he got it all yeah. set up for you. It's exactly yeah. you, just yeah. had, you just had to pick through the shop a while until you found him. That's I would just I just would want if a parent is listening that if you're ever in a medical scenario, you know best how to care for your diabetic child. Do not let the intimidation factor of someone with a degree tell you otherwise yeah no, you take care of your kid but and if they're being if they object to that ask for someone over them ask for a patient advocate ask for you know best how to care for your diabetic child not them yeah it's not rude to expect somebody to no. take decent care of you no i mean we would do it in other scenarios yeah well 100 i mean if you order your food and it's wrong what do we do we we question and we say this isn't what I ordered, or this seems a little undercooked or whatever. Nancy, Why some, wouldn't we do the same thing for our children? Some people eat it. That's true. They yeah, do. yeah. That's so true. I heard you say something that surprised me a second ago. Um, cell phones made it all the way to where you live. That's fantastic. Um, I, I <laughs> we have how... running water and indoor toilets, Oh, my too. goodness. That's crazy. <laughs> but speaking of technology is what I was going for. <laughs> okay. um, you Is your daughter using Omnipod 5? Yes. So we started Omnipod 5. I'm going to guess we've been on a, a little over a year. Okay. And how are you? How's I love it. Oh, yeah. I love it. Love it. Uh, we have to reset the controller with the replacement they sent us. We haven't done that yet. Oh, we're doing that at the next pod change. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted, I, I, I heard something, a podcast the other day. Our basil to bolus is right in that sweet spot of almost 50 or 50, 50 50. Um, so I I don't want to start over from square one. Just, I mean, nobody does. I don't want to put the old settings in there. It's been a year. We, we stay in automated mode all the time. Mm -hmm. We don't use manual. Sure. We're in limited sometimes during a warm up, but we're in automated all the time. And we have been from day one. So those basal settings are way out of date. So Dr. Hutchins helped me calculate what we needed to put in for current basal rates and everything. Um, the first thing I saw right away was we weren't dealing with lows as often. Excellent. It was very, very good right out of the box for lows and my time and range clarity report. Typically there's nothing reporting you know, it's like that less than 1% thing mm-hmm. at the bottom in the low and very low. Typically, that's what our charts have been since we've been on Omnipod 5. Um, we're anywhere from, I'm going to guess ballpark, 60 to 80% in range. Even at summer camp the other week, she was 75% in range at summer camp on, on the pod. I've been happy with it. Did we have some highs at the beginning? Sure. While it learned her and from what I took from the community uh, was correct every high. That's what we did. When she was high and it wasn't doing very much, I would have her put in the Dexcom and have it calculate and give a correction. I would tell, you know, put in the CGM reading on the algorithm and all. We just did that over and over and over. And it took a, uh, I would say, 
some days. I don't remember how long, but um, we've been very pleased with it. Excellent. That's wonderful. Uh, we started with, it was ironic. We had a checkup just before we started it. So I knew her A1C. And so Dr. Hutchins and I were like, oh, this will be interesting because we're just starting it. And then we have a checkup in three months. We'll see. Her A1C when we started Omnipod 5 was a 5.9. We were on dash before that, 5.9. We went back for the three-month checkup, 5.9. Wow. Fantastic. And then the last checkup, it was 5.3. So I'm, I'm pleased. I, I'm not disappointed. Uh, we I don't, don't micro. Yeah, I don't see how you could be. <laughs> I mean, we don't micromanage it. Uh, you know, there's her, her range is 80 to 180 on the Dexcom to alert me. Mm-hmm. I learned that from the podcast. Uh, gives me time to react before. And I could probably tighten that, but I just, I'm lazy and I didn't. Um, so if it's alerting me to 80, let's pay attention to it, see what's going on so we can catch that before it becomes a problem. If it's 180, like, where are you going? Let's fix that before it gets really high. And then we're chasing it all afternoon. Right. Um, I, I, I said we respect the disease and we do, but I'm pretty laid back about it too. I mean, I don't, um, I don't know. I don't feel like we micromanage it. Yeah. Sometimes we ask her, like, did you did you forget you have diabetes? Like, did you just get it from the dinner table? Like, just suddenly tonight we don't have diabetes. I mean, you know, we joke about it. That, um, and I feel like with Omnipod Five, I certainly do not think about it as much, and I don't feel like I get as many Dexcom alerts as I did. Well, that's great. And are you how's sleeping going? Better, worse, same? Same for me. Unfortunately, I, my body has gotten accustomed to the Dexcom alerts and I've tried to change the sounds, but my phone, I don't know if it's because it's a dinosaur. I, my sounds, I can't get adjusted. I sleep through alerts. How does that make you feel when you wake up in the morning and you see that you slept through one? I'm angry and scared and frustrated with myself, but I will say the other morning, just a few days ago, and I think it was a compression low, but my husband handled it. And so he didn't prick her finger, but I would be interested. I really think it was probably compression low. I woke up and I see that it had been alerting that she was 40. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy cow. Like I slept through that. Wow. But he gave her a juice. It came back. I said, but I really think, cause she had been in range, been in range. She drops and then she comes right back up. Probably. I, I think, I don't know. Okay. Um, but yeah, I feel like a terrible parent if I wake up and it's been alerting, alerting, alerting. However, she's 17. She's a senior. She is going to be going away to college in a year. Um, she's learning to wake up herself and there's been times that I've slept through them. She's heard them. She's gotten up. She's handled it, gone back to sleep and it's fine. That's good. Well, try not to beat yourself up and, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, when those new phones, when the good speakers get to you, I'm sure you'll be okay again. (laughs) What yeah. do they come through the Suez Canal? How does that work yeah, exactly? Yeah. yeah, I don't know uh, that part of the world. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's wonderful. The uh, Savannah Port, the, the, the international port in Savannah. Oh, um, you know, I get to watch those big yeah. boats come in through there while we're yeah. uh, we're visiting with Arden. It's yeah, amazing yeah. to see a um, a container ship close up. Yeah. Is ridiculous. Yes, how big it is. It's it's really something. If you've never seen it, I mean, it's amazing. One time, it's not. I'm not going to tell you. It's like not like seeing a unicorn where you're like, oh my god, every time this is amazing. Uh, but you know, you just see it once, you go, wow, that thing is huge. I don't know how yeah. is that floating. That's crazy. Yeah. And then how long yeah. does it take to get from wherever it came from? Probably I know China to Georgia. Yep, months. I'm assuming. I yes, don't know months. What, what yeah, I know. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, <laughs> I have no idea. Um, okay. So we're doing, by the way, first of all, um, I know what I'm going to call the episode. What is that? It's nothing you said or that I said, but it's the vibe that the episode gives me and a little bit about what we talked about at the beginning. I'm going to call it campfire stories. Okay. Isn't that nice? Yeah. yeah, Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like that's what we've been doing a little bit. Yeah. So I'm down with that. Um, Is your daughter going away to college? Um, what she's choosing to do right now, she'll be only about an hour from us. And it's actually in a town, my son and future daughter-in-law will be living there. So she's not going to be terribly far from us, but enough to have separation independence, I guess you could say, um, 
she doesn't want to go to a super big college. And uh, right now she doesn't seem interested in going very far from home. Not because she's scared of it, but she's still trying to decide what she wants to do too. So um, that could change this year, her senior year, that if she finally, the light bulb goes off and she says, aha, I mean, that could also change where she goes. But right now she'll probably be only about an hour away from us. Okay. But she'll be, it, she's not driving it. So she'll be living there, right? Right. That's uh, she would live, which she teases my son, uh, the duplex that they've gotten, they have an extra bedroom. And she's like, this is my bedroom. I'm going to live with y'all while I'm at college. Um, <laughs> I was like, I don't know if newlyweds would really enjoy that, but. Um, Whatever. I'm, yeah. st- I'm staying here where it's free. That's what I would Yeah. Do. <laughs> so that's what they all joke about, but probably yes, dorm dorms. And I, I think everybody should get to experience living away and learning some independence. And yeah. I'm not there to wash your clothes and change your sheets and, Mm-hmm. get you to class and stuff like that been good for my kids i can tell you yeah yeah i didn't do that but i we were so honestly i was so broke i was like college how do you pay for that <laughs> i was like i somebody once told me um well you could start at like a local community college and i was like well, how mm-hmm. would i afford to get to it so right it's like you don't yeah. know what it's like to be broke i can tell yeah <laughs> I, I don't have ten dollars <laughs> <laughs> Well, last year, whenever my oldest, my oldest just graduated from college. Um, So Elena takes college classes, like dual enrollment. They have that through our high school. So she takes some college classes now during high school and gets college credits. My husband's getting his master's. My boys were in college and I used to tease. I'm the only person in my house that's not taking college classes there for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I I I don't care to go back. Please. Do you think there are people right now who are like, wait, I'm listening to a podcast about diabetes from somebody who didn't go to college? You absolutely are. <laughs> you are listening to a podcast run by somebody who barely got through high school. So Hey, hey, yeah. you know, life experiences sometimes are oh, I have a lot better teachers than yeah. Uh, yeah. books. That I I, we were just of. talking about the degrees don't matter. The degrees don't matter. It's your experience with taking care of something. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> There's definitely some people are like, I'm not turning this back on. I, like, <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, I when I graduated from high school, I sat there and I thought, <laughs> suckers. <laughs> <laughs> definitely shouldn't have given me that diploma. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Have, have I, Nancy, do you listen to the podcast with any frequency? I do. Mm. Um, I live in a small town, so my commutes are not very long whenever I drive to town. <laughs> so sometimes when I listen to an episode... I have to then pause it and then listen to it again later. There's nothing and wrong so, with that. There's that. That's, yeah. that's the proper way to handle that. I listen to podcasts. Yeah, so I don't get too. through them quickly. as quickly because I'm having to listen to them. But I, I will say I posted the other day and uh, I was listening to the snake oil episode. And when you talked about the coffee enema, oh. I was rolling. I was driving down the road and laughing out loud because your commentary on that was hilarious. I, I but, yes, I listened to them and I'm going to bring, I'll tell you why, like, because I'm not sure if I've ever told the story of the fact that I missed on purpose to go to work 52 days of my senior year of high school. I didn't miss school. I was absent 52 days in my senior year of high school. Wow. <laughs> so I used to go to a the uh, technical school alongside of regular high school, which was part of this, the high school scam. Um, when I realized that you could go <laughs> to uh, the way I got through high school, I think of as a high school scam, Okay, um, but uh, they used to have it set up where two weeks of a month, you went to a regular like book school mm-hmm. and then two weeks a month, you went to a technical school. I didn't actually okay. have any interest in learning a trade. Mm-hmm. I had an interest in only going to high school for a year and a half instead of three years. Like that was, ah. that, so I, I just took up a trade in high school to get out of going to school. Um, so you, you made a visit to the technical school, like to try to decide what you wanted to do. I mean, there, I mean, literally cosmetology, right. uh, engine repair, like there's a sheet metal shop. There was like, this school did a lot of everything. And what I did is I walked around, I found the class with the prettiest girls. And then I decided <laughs> that's what I was going to do which I thought was a rock solid way to make that decision. <laughs> so um, what was that? What was that? Well, Nancy, study? I'm a hell of a baker now. <laughs> well, 
that makes sense with all your stories about your cooking and yes. everything. I can make uh, bread, you know, a hundred pounds at a time. Like forget nice, like a loaf. But at look a time. at what skills it gave you. Even though I got a job in a bakery out of high school, yeah. I kept it for a week. I was like, I'm not working overnight. This is ridiculous, and I quit. <laughs> so, but point is, um, I'm old. So back <laughs> back then, computers were really just starting to be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the internet really wasn't a thing. Right. And so the computers at the high school didn't talk to the computers at the technical school. Mm-hmm. So I learned that you could, I found out that you could, what the maximum days were that you could miss. And I missed that many days at each school. And they never reconciled and I graduated. Nice. Yeah, it was lovely. And, but nice. I would go to work. Like, for all of you who are thinking, like, oh, great, well, Scott was smoking crack. Scott went to a sheet metal <laughs> shop and broke his ass for $5 an hour because he was poor. But um, but it was uh, – I don't know. I just – I didn't even go to high school, I think, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah. Well, but you learned to bake. Well, and I don't we know how valuable hear... that is for you all, but <laughs> – I don't know. I mean, sometimes when you talk about I, – I have a recollection in the podcast talk, like, hearing you talk about – cooking or maybe it's on the Facebook page or whatever, talking about meals and everything. And all your meals always sound so like fancy and special. I don't know when the war of 1812 was though. (laughs) Well, neither Uh, do I. I think it was in 1812, but I'm, I'm, I I can't be a hundred percent sure. And that's, that's concerning. Um, Gosh, you said something that made me want to say something else. And now I can't remember it. I had two thoughts in my head. Here's a little secret. My whiteboard is full. I had two thoughts. Normally, I would have jotted them both down and then told you the first one. Uh, but I didn't. And so now I don't know what I wanted to say. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, you've been delightful. I'm wondering if there's anything we haven't talked about that we should have. I don't think so. Um, I, I think... I enjoyed the conversation and I feel like I got to share our story and brag about my daughter, how awesome she is and she's going to conquer the world. And she's not afraid of going out there and taking it on herself. So excellent. I think I did. Okay. In that chapter. Okay. Sounds like you did better than okay. Also, because we've been having such a good time, we've now all forgotten that each one of your children has an issue and so do people in your family, and that's a lot to deal with. It's usually yeah. I usually ask, "Are you okay?" Like, what do you do for yourself? Um, uh, not much. <laughs> um, I have a favorite saying that um, just because I look like I carry it well doesn't I look just because I make it look easy doesn't mean that it always is. Mm-hmm. So check on your friends. Um. There are days that are pretty tough. I mean, I, I've gotten phone calls when David was in college that they that he had had a seizure and I had to whisk myself away there. Um, you know, watching the Dexcom, Elena's on a overnight trip with, uh, she's an FFA, which is, it used to be, stand for Future Farmers of America. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they just call it FFA now. But she does horticulture and she learned welding and stuff this year but she goes on field trips for competitions and everything and overnight um my son he's older he's sort of caring for himself with his Crohn's but you know headed to the ER I'm having a flare um so I, I do juggle quite a bit and I probably do not care for myself quite as much as I care for others and that's probably not a good thing but yeah my kids are the most important thing to me and I have been blessed with a husband that uh, allows me that I work very part-time so that I can be very available for our children at any time that they need me. Mm. Well, I will share with you and, and I'm sure you know this, but I think there's probably a way that you could do some more for yourself and, and still, and still help your kids. Yeah, there is. Yeah. yeah. Plus you painted a picture of some pretty independent children. So they're going to be sick of you pretty soon anyway. Yeah, I know. Soon I'll have an empty nest and then I can, um, I did ask for a little small greenhouse for my birthday last year. And so my husband and mother-in-law and my sister-in-law got me this little small greenhouse. It's not really big. It's smaller than like an outdoor shed, but I, I started that little hobby growing some stuff. I've always had like little 
like might do vegetables or something. Mm-hmm. But I started doing flowers because I thought, oh, how fun would it be to just go and cut a bouquet in your yard and have fresh flowers? Uh, so I'd have, I've told myself I need to pick up some hobbies because when Elena leaves to go to college, there's not going to be anybody but the dog or my husband to take care of. And that's all I've done for 23 plus years with kids is so, yeah, I need to find some hobbies to. I know how you feel. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's yeah. a, it's a stark moment yeah. when, it, when it happens. You'll, uh, yeah. it'll hit you right in the face. You're like, oh yeah. no, I'm, I'm only sure. good at this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't even somebody, do anything else. Yeah. Somebody had asked me, you know, if you take away wife, mother, uh, you know, your career, who are you? And I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm the lady who might want to grow flowers. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Seems shaky. Uh, yeah. Who lives two hours from anything? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> How are they even going to get the seeds to you? It's ridiculous. You can't. <laughs> they, they drop them with a uh, pigeon. The Oh, yeah. Because uh, the, the helicopters pigeon. can't the fly that far out. Yeah. 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 yeah what yeah. would happen? You, you, do you... Yeah. <laughs> I have one last question. I'm going to let you go. Sure. Why is there no diet drinks in the South? Why are there no diet drinks in the South? We have diet drinks. I, they're very hard to find once you get below North Carolina. Alina loves Diet Dr. Pepper. That's her go-to. And if they don't have that, or there's some machines she's learned at fast food that the mixture doesn't make it taste right. Not the freestyle, but like they don't mix the soda and syrup, mm-hmm. right? She'll order a Diet Coke, but we have All diet right. drinks. I feel like I can't find them. It feels like you people just want to drink sugar is what I'm saying. Oh, uh, no, we no? have diet drinks. All right. I'm in the wrong places then. Yeah. All right. Nancy, I really appreciate this. I, I also appreciate that your sound is so clear. I don't have to edit this episode. We didn't oh, wow. curse. We didn't say anything ridiculous that has to be cut out. <laughs> okay. And the sound is, re- you just saved me two hours of my life by having well, a you're decent welcome. headset. You're welcome. I mean, you can seriously. go bake some bread. I don't know how the hell you got them to deliver that thing to wherever you are. <laughs> But I really appreciate it. Seriously. It's my middle son's gaming headset and gaming microphone. I'm in his bedroom at his computer. Well, thank him for me because okay. I, I really do genuinely appreciate it. Okay. All right. Hold on one second for me, okay? Okay. A huge thanks to Nancy for this really terrific conversation. I really did enjoy it. And thanks to you guys for listening. Don't forget to check out the private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. 40,000 members, conversations about everything happening right now. Type 1, Type 2, doesn't matter. Keto, full-time carby, just salads, doesn't matter. Everybody's invited. Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. I want to thank you very much for listening and remind you, that when you click on the links for the advertisers, you are supporting the podcast and helping to keep it plentiful and free. Tell somebody else about the show if you're enjoying it, won't you? Hey guys, just jumping in to remind you that one of our sponsors, BetterHelp, is offering 10% off your first month of therapy when you use my link, betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox. That's betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service. It is 100% online, boasts over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists, and you can talk to them however you want, text, chat, phone, or on video. You can actually message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. BetterHelp.com forward slash juicebox. Save 10% on your first month.